Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Serenity Gorokov, your host, and today we are honored to have Celeste Mergens joining us. Celeste is an author, thought leader, a change maker, and she has been featured in Oprah's O magazine. Forbes and Stanford Social Innovation Review. She is the founder of Days for Girls, a global award-winning organization championing women's health and menstrual health equity. Days for Girls was named by the Huff Huffington, sorry, Huffington Post as the next 10 organization poised to change the world in the next decade and has reached 2.9 plus million, almost 3 million women and girls in 145 countries, typically averaging 52 speaking events a year. Yeah, once a week. <laughs> Celeste is a sought after professional speaker and consultant. She was awarded the AARP Purpose Prize, Conscious Company Global Impact Entrepreneur Top 10 Women, 2019 Global Washington Global Hero and Women's Economic Forum's Women of the Decades. So we have a powerhouse here. Thank you for joining us, Celeste. So Appreciate happy to be with you. Wow, power of days. Days yeah. for girls. We have something to talk about. Mm -hmm. Celeste, on Real Talk, Real Women, the audience of victims hiding in plain sight who are suffering in silence, making believe everybody that everything is fine when it's not. Mm. This is why they are listening to this episode, so that they may find some glimpse of hope, so that they may wake up and recognize what they are going through, so that they can do something about it and realize that they are in charge of their happiness. Absolutely. Absolutely. I certainly so, have had a lot of proof of that in my life over and over yeah, again. Exactly. So my first question for you, Celeste, mm -hmm. breaking the silence around abuse, we are daring to say the not said, the taboo, the silence. What kind of abuse have you overcome? I, some of it is more expected. Things like being physically, emotionally abused or neglected, sexually abused, and overcoming those things were and are a process that you you unlayer, unveil in layers, right, and address. And, and I'm really graceful for what I have learned in it. I would also say that a, an important part of, of my process of healing over trauma has been to recognize that you cannot take other people's opinion for where you should be and, and what you should be. I found that uh, when I was about five years old, I was homeless with our family. We were living along the road in an estate park. A woman threw a half-eaten apple in a dumpster, and I was trying to think if I could get in that dumpster and still get back out. Just decided I couldn't, and I noticed she was looking me up and down. And said, where are your shoes, girl? And in that moment, I could, it was like a mirror turn, and I could see she saw a dirty, unkempt little girl. And and I felt small and ashamed for a moment. And then this warm assurance that, no, I'm not from here. I, I am not what you see. And 
that was painful. I used to think of her as the Krilla Deville from the movie of years ago. And, and only recently recognized that I got the gift at just five years old to be asked, are you the poor girl? Are you the girl without a home? Are you the hungry person or are you something else? And that assurance has come with me. I'm not saying it's been all perfect, but it's come with me. And there was, um, there have been moments when I have been questioned or not even seen because of the poverty. And then later because I was a woman and I chose to stand in places that are not necessarily traditional, were not necessarily traditional for women. I roofed houses instead of babysitting when I was 13 because I had a family to take care of. I did, um, I did uh, sheet metal when I was getting ready to go to college and I'd lift up my visor um, when someone tapped my shoulder and they go, <gasps> you know, it's <laughs> a girl. And then when I went to engineering, um, I would the same thing. What are you doing in engineering? And thankfully it's better today. One particular time with the growth of Days for Girls was a time when we had we were probably to 23 countries. Today's we've reached 145, over 3 million women and girls in 145 countries because of the power of people coming together in miraculous ways. And this man had the audacity to walk into our office and look at all the reach and how busy everybody was and said, I was telling my friend about how successful you are. And I told him I couldn't figure it out. I don't know how a ragtag group of housewives could do all your doing. Oh, are you kidding me? But this kind of thing all the time, like um, for so long. And you have to decide, huh, that says more about you than about me. I knew I know who I am. I know where I want to go. And I can feel it in me that it's part of my path. So it doesn't matter what someone else has to say. I know who I am. You have this power in you and actually it started to blossom a little bit at five years old with that experience. And you had probably many more moments of wake up like, hey, remember who you are. You are so much more than what you look like so much more than other people's opinions, so much more. Mm -hmm. You are presence. You are a thinker. You are creator of your yeah. own experience. And other people's experience with you because we ripple effect on so many other people when we create. You're so right. And certainly if, Days for Girls makes washable menstrual sustainable solutions, menstrual cups and education, shattered stigma around the world. That's not the power of me, that's the power of we. And that's kind of crowd surfing with the world. What if we did this? And I think that one of the dangers right now in our world is we're othering each other. You can be in this box, but not that box. And also, which box are you in? And also you can't trust that box. And in, in doing that, I think we're losing, I know we're losing precious opportunity at a crucial time in our history that we need to come together. We need everyone's genius and we're stuck in othering each other. So my book, The Power of Days is really proof that if you can do menstrual equity all over the world, when people are saying, what are you doing this for? And you can, then that, that's the New York, New York of movements. If you can do that, 
then you could do the things in your heart that you so want to do. And you can trust others that some will feel drawn to it and some won't. And that's okay. It matters that you stand where you feel called to, right? It does matter so much. When you respond, when you answer that inner call and you stand up and you speak the word and you keep that vision alive yeah. and you bring in all the other people's cast your vision in them so that together it's not a dream anymore. It becomes a fact. It becomes a thing. This is what you're doing. Yeah. It is. You see it and where you're going. And then here's the tricky part. If you are worried about getting it right, I have to do this. I have to get it right. I have to connect with them and them and them. And it has to be in this way. And there's a tension that starts in you, right? If you can hold the vision, oh, every girl, everywhere, period, everybody with a period, periods are no longer a problem. We just all came together. And here's the tricky part. For instance, right now, I have the book, The Power of Days is coming out, right? So this becoming a New York Times bestseller, a national bestseller means we reach a ton more girls, right? And it means people get to overcome trauma they have. It really has a little toolbox of trails. This is one way to do it. And so there is this tension. Oh, it matters so much. I have to, what else do I do? What else, you know, this tension instead of this flow. And then finally I had the aha, you know, I can't do anything to make this a national bestseller. I've done many things. I've done, it's, it has a potential, it has. And even if I dumped it, people dumped it in a garbage dump, the right people will connect with it. So I'm not dragging a rock. I'm not lifting a stone. I'm not pulling something behind me. I am holding the dandelion wisp, a giant one, and holding it up and letting the wind of God and intention and the universe take it wherever it needs to go. And, and that taproot that breaks up the soil that, that moves nutrients and connects us all, that is the thing I'm being part of. And so it's okay. I already okay. And I can just love the motion of inviting people, of engaging with people, and I don't have to be stopped by what it has to be. Because that energy gets us stressed, triggers us into trauma, gets us, and, and instead, if you go, yeah, it's actually, it's happening and I can see it. And I can trust that. That's a powerful place to come from. It definitely is. So you said that you were invisible, not mm -hmm. seen as a woman because you chose areas, areas, sorry, areas that are usually reserved for strong, almost toxic men. Mm -hmm. Because there is really human education in that kind of, in that kind of uh, environment. There is the education needed to get the job done but the human education, so, 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 so human touch, this empathy, this compassion, this listening to one another, this awareness of one another, you rarely find that in that kind of environment. And this is where you did thrive for a while. 
Yes. That. Well, and what if we allowed ourselves to be both when we need to be? In other words, you know, we all have different strengths. We all have different weaknesses. And in my experience, I don't know about you, Jamal, but for me, uh, my greatest wings strengths are in my weaknesses and my greatest and vice versa. Like I'm really good at some things to a fault, right? Really good at focusing to a fault. And, and so you have to find um, that balance. And in my opinion, be okay with, you can be really strong in this at this time and really strong at this in this time. And almost like a season to rest and a season to run um, we can do that with our abilities as well. The problem is, back to the silos, we sometimes don't allow ourselves that of every gender. Oh, wait, you belong over here, not over there, or every kind of personality. No, 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 aren't you in the spectrum? So shouldn't you be over there? Be grateful that we have the possibility right now to invite each other to lean into our strings and not put each other in boxes. I think it's really important. The problem is sometimes, especially when we've been through trauma, it's easy to put ourselves there. So one time uh, that was very difficult, I had felt all along that the only way to help my sisters and I out of the trap of poverty we've been in and abuse that we've been in would be to go to college and then get a great job and take care of my family, my sisters and I and my mother. And I hit a point where I was just devastated. My mother had uh, told me that my sisters would no longer speak to me ever again because the latest stepfather had hurt them. Uh, my my uh, first stepfather had legally disowned me so he wouldn't have to pay child support. And that's how I found out he was not my biological father. I crashed and burned in a way that that is indescribable, except I felt the world had turned misty gray. You know, it was just a horrible time to, to lose my sisters um, and that I'd always protected and cared for just because I was away from them. And so I just hit ground zero. And one of the things that I had the gift of doing that didn't feel like a gift at the time, like so many things that happened to us don't feel like a gift at the time, I had three weeks that I just melted down. I cried, prayed, wrote my journal, pled for relief to figure this out, wrote all the things and came, aha, that my parents couldn't see me either. I was so different from them. I was so, so much like if they said, you can't do this, I'd go, watch me, we can do this. And they were very shy by nature. And, and I was ready to invite everybody to participate in things. And, and they just, I was the alien amongst them. And, and they were jealous of me, which is an impossible thought, right? And when I came to that aha, I, I just realized the depressed state I had been in of wanting to give up, wanting to melt, wanting to just not be alive anymore would have made them happy. And that I actually could just be me and, and just love it enough for everybody. And in that moment, I decided, I mean, it wasn't the only time I had this decide, but I decided, actually, I am going to be me. I'm going to show up wherever I want. And I'm going to be content with that. 
and love it. I got up out of bed, brushed my hair, closed the door, and didn't look back. That is beyond powerful. You allowed that light to go through the dark cloud of momentary depression. But you allowed that light to reach your heart and to give you a new vision for you and to renew you in a way that you have never been before. And you accepted to release your family's expectation of you being someone else. Absolutely. And by doing that, you allowed all the non-physical beings that work night and day with us, for us, to actually get to work for you. And for all the gorgeous people you are touching through your vision that comes to fruition. That's truly a blessing. Truly a blessing. It has been. I know trauma is difficult. I truly do. And I know we have to take our own journeys. I know that too. And I know we have to trust. And some of the times the worst things are exactly what we needed. Mm -hmm. Some of the times, I mean, Days for Girls would not be what it is. I would not have been able to do Days for Girls if I didn't have experience in the way that I do. If I didn't experience poverty that made me recognize nobody's poor, <laughs> except for maybe in spirit. So, so don't, I'm not going to come to tell you what to do. I'm going to ask you what you want to create and we can come up with a plan and do it together. No need to judge anybody. Just what do you want? We can do this. And also the experiences I had all along the way that taught me what women struggle with. I, in ways that I shouldn't know from where I was born and in the generation I'm born, I know what it's like to go hungry. I know what it's like to go without products. I know what it's like to be thirsty. I know and I recognize those things do not define us. What we choose with our walk, that defines us. How we choose our mindset, that defines us. Not the things happening around us, not our trauma, not our background, not our family. Those things are experiences and we can use them to transcend for lessons and become the gold of the mending, or we can let it triumph over us. We get to choose and that's tricky. So we can't judge each other for how long that takes because even that is a gift. We're so fortunate that we live in a world where we can connect together, we can make a difference together and we are not defined by our circumstances. That power is a power we talk about when we say take back your power to choose, take back your power to be yourself, take back your own power because you can, because you are a master manifesto, you are a creator of your own experience. So if you do not like your experience, create something else. Mm -hmm. How about that? A hundred percent. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. Celeste, tell us a little bit how people can 
do business with you, support you, buy something from you. Buying the book, I get that. Power of the day. Okay. Yes, please. What more? Um, I would say to follow Days for Girls and see what they're doing and um, how that can make a big change in the world. And reach out to me because I hold regular trauma summits, trauma uh, classes, lives that talk about taking it on. And I would love to hear your journey and support everyone in their journey. It matters. Each one of us matter. Not a few of us, all of us. And every time one of us heals, it heals our whole world experience. It matters. And I'm all in helping people do that. Wow. So let's connect with you. What are the best ways? CelesteMergens.com. That's one of the things. Yes, right. you can find all my media, Days for Girls links, all of those things there. Awesome. So we are putting all those links in the description. When you update or add new links, we're going to add them in that episode so we keep it up to date because that is going Thank to stay you. there for 10 plus years for a very, very long time. It's an evergreen. So we keep it up to date as much as we can to make sure that at any moment in time, someone Thank listening you. to this episode may connect and either take her phone or send an email or go on your website or something. Thank you. It's a joy to be with you. It is, it is. All right, I know we have a little bit more time in front of us. You had three stories in mind when we got started. Mm -hmm. So what is the other stories you had in mind? I think um, one that I would love to share is going to sound off topic. So trust me, just come with me for a minute. I was painting a wall. <laughs> While I painted a wall, I sat, I was almost done. I had a meeting, an important partnership meeting in just 20 minutes. I had just this much left to paint. And my husband was coming home from work. He'd asked me to hire someone not to it, but I didn't want to wait. And um, I'm a woman that gets done what I need to get done. And I set this half gallon of paint on the bottom rung of the stepladder. Step back, it looked so good. I did a happy dance and you guessed it, the paint spilled off onto the ground on my feet, on my pants, on the rug, past the tarp, on the wall. It's like, oh my word. <laughs> so now I'm standing there with bare feet and paint on them and on my clothes. And I'm like, how do I even move out of this place? Now what's significant is, our floor is antique barn wood. So it's real wood and it's like the width of a board deep and it's got paint all in it. I'm like, oh. so I decided in that moment that I could either go into full blown what I call lizard brain trauma. You know, that part of our brain that's always looking for safety. That's the amygdala. I could go into oh, or I could be creative. So I stopped. And literally use my hands like Tai Chi style. Stay creative, deep breath, stay creative. <sighs> okay, what do I do? 
So in that moment, I looked around and there was gal there were gallon Ziploc baggies that had been on the rollers. I took them, put them on like slippers, shuffled off to get cleaned up, came back, picked up all the cleaning supplies, and then on the way, grabbed baking soda and a zip tie. I scooped things up, poured the baking soda into the cracks and on the rug. I um, used the zip tie once it had solidified to scoop it out like putty or Play-Doh, put in more baking soda, scraped it up, put it in, cleaned, cleaned. And within 15 minutes, there is not a drop of paint. So here's my question that has to do with transiting trauma. If I'd gone into lizard brain meltdown, would that creative idea have been able to come to me to use baking soda and a zip tie? I don't think so. So in that moment, I had a huge aha as the hours went by. I went, you know, we know that in every experience, there's a moment between when something happens to us and when we decide what it means to us and we decide what we're going to do about it. And way often, more often than not, it's the amygdala responding, the part of us that goes for stay safe, stay safe, right? And, and a fear response that often isn't even accurate, but we have so many decisions, it just defaults to that, right? So what if, knowing that often they're wrong, you will go back to things that have happened to you in the past, open them up and look at them anew from a position of, looking for something to be grateful for and looking for what you can bring from the wisdom of right now to that experience long ago. So let me share with you one example, high school or middle school, the time when everything feels amplified emotionally. I walked out of the bathroom. I had my skirt tucked into my tights. Everybody's giggling. I'm like, why? Not knowing they were tucked in. And then all of a sudden, um, one of them, a girl tells me, and I'm just mortified. My, I, my face is red. I'm horrified that this happened. And then I, uh, carried that with me. You think about it once while I go, uh, right. I chose to try it on that. Opened up the moment, just like Tai Chi. And then thought, then you know how, when it's a traumatic thing, you can see it, taste it, feel it, see the colors vibrantly, who is there, what was happening. I, was able to stop and go, well, I'm grateful for the girl that was able to tell me, thank goodness, it would have been all day. I'm really glad, girl, that you told me. And from the wisdom of right now, I would say, if I had known what I know now, I could have said, oh my goodness, can you believe that? That is so funny. Hey, I'm really glad you told me. Hey guys, I'll see you later, okay? They would have been in awe of the confidence and no one would have said anything more. It wouldn't have been a thing. It would have been and you can bring yourself the gift of that from the wisdom you know now. And then close it up. And I promise you get the energy back from that moment. You undo the trauma cycle when you really feel it. And you break that chain that can get other things added to it. We have the ability to go back, gather the gratitude, shift to our uh, mindset right now, and change moments that were very, very difficult big and small. And that moment, this little moment of dumping paint on the floor turned into be another gift. Fascinating. Thank you for the story. I mean, it, it, it reveals a lot of other stories and a lot of memories that even very, very recent one, when I think it was like two days ago, 
I realized that I did make the right choice and mm -hmm. it all unfolded as good as it could be instead of going wrong. We have a cat and that cat is absolutely perfect. She's five months old and in her eyes, there is a little blue colors that comes from the inside. And mm -hmm. usually within two months, they lose their blue color eyes and they stop their normal color eyes, whatever it would be. That's normal with kittens, with cats. And um, she has started to have that blue coming from the purple out. And mm -hmm. my husband, when he saw that, he was there, oh, what's that? And we just lost another kitten to FIP and there was something in the eye. So now he's very much like looking the eye. Is that normal? Is that normal? Because we are so afraid to lose another kitten to FIP, which is really like a deadly instant disease. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, he looked at her and he said, no, that's not possible. We have to bring her to a doctor to see her and everything. We brought her to a first doctor who did not have all the instrumentation. She looked at her and she said, I bring her to an actual ophthalmologist because I don't know. It could be something. It could be nothing. Mm -hmm. And my position from the beginning was it is absolutely nothing. She has two colors eyes. So what? She's just perfect. <laughs> Why do you take your head so bad? I mean, don't think wrong. He, she's perfect. And um, I think at least five or ten times I told him, we don't need to go to the doctor. She's perfect. She's fine. She's healthy, happy, all that you can be. And uh, he kept on telling me, I want her to be seen just to make sure. And if she has nothing, God bless. That's perfect. And I said, well, okay, we will make that happen. If that can bring you some peace. When we went there, indeed, she has nothing. It's just a two-colored eyes. That's amazing. It's rare, but that's amazing and beautiful. So she's perfectly healthy indeed. And when we were on, on our way home, my husband told me, thank you for not throwing in my face. I told you so. We did not need to spend that money. She was already good. We did not need to, uh, to, to, to get her all the stress of a trip, in a, a car trip. We did not need all of that. Thank you for not throwing all of that in my face. Hmm. And I answered, well, we now have the professional opinion that she is indeed perfectly healthy, which we, which is what we all want. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that yeah, is the most smooth it can be. And it's a choice. I could have gone in the, you know, I told you so. I could <laughs> have. I could have chosen to go super angry to spend uh, almost $300. I could have. I chose not to. And I chose to say, okay, you want to have the relief of the doctor? We will have the relief of the doctor. Right. I love that. We do get to choose. We do get to choose and have responsibility. Well chosen. That is what is beautiful and same for you. Well chosen to not go all berserk because suddenly the paint splashed every 15 minutes to clean it all up. You right. are wonder woman. <laughs> no, no, it was the baking soda and the zip tie. Yeah. What yeah. it get? 
right? Amazing. Even the rug, because it I could scoop it out of the rug. All gone. Today you can see it. There's nothing where it is. <laughs> and I think that's true for trauma too. We can be left with the strength. And and you by choosing the choice of talking with your husband, saying this is what he needs, I'm okay. You get what you need. You actually undo the potential of maybe times when people didn't accept what he needs. So it could give so many gifts that moment that you gave, not just the choice not to become angry, but the gift of you, of course, get to choose and have what you need. That's, it's amazing to me that small choices like that, just like days for girls, who would have thought that something as small as make sure people have access to menstrual care could be such a shift in equity and strength and opportunity at school attendance, health. Who would have guessed? I, I didn't. And it's real. This is what I mean by it matters when we heal. It matters when we take on trauma um, because it has far reaching effects all around us. And we don't even see them because we're just in our moments. It really has. Uh, we're actually having a summit, a trauma summit, October 2nd through 7th, uh, that's online. That has all sorts of experts talking about just this that you really can shift. And don't have to live stuck in trauma. We And it's not even put a Band-Aid on it. In fact, in my opinion, if you put a Band-Aid on trauma, you're setting yourself for a sideways smackdown. <laughs> because out of the blue, some little thing will happen. And you're all saying, oh, I don't know what's wrong with me today. I just, right? And so it's, true. it's so important to take it on. Exactly. Wow. Celeste Mergens, author of The Power of Days, founder of Days for Girls, global award-winning, multiple award-winning. I mean, that is absolutely amazing to have you here today. Thank you for sharing your truths, your experience, your lessons. Thank you. With us.